It's the second Sunday of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. journey to all the station churches of Rome for Lent. Today we go to Santa Maria in Domnica. Originally there was no station in Rome today because of the great vigil in Ember Day with the ordinations at St. Peter's. Eventually a church was assigned, but there is no collect for Santa Maria in Domnica. So we have to march up to the top of the Celian Hill all on our own, knowing that the road we're following is so old, it was a Stone Age path from the ford of the Tiber up to the crown of the nearby hill, and is therefore one of the most ancient human artifacts in Rome. Now, Santa Maria Domnica is an old diaconal title. Titles were the ancient parishes, and this one was assigned to a deacon. It has its origin probably in a house church, maybe that of a certain St. Chiriaca, a Roman matron who was a helper of St. Lawrence, the deacon who was so venerated in Rome. It's possible that this is one of the sites where Lawrence did so much for the poor. The present church was rebuilt in the time of Pope Paschal, who died in 824. Inside you see Greek mosaics from that time, the time of Pope Paschal in the 9th century, Paschal himself is depicted in the mosaic as a tiny figure kneeling at Mary's feet. Mary is depicted as Theotokos, the mother of God. Now, Paschal was still alive at the time when they made this mosaic, and so, since he was still alive at the time, he is made with a square halo instead of a round one, and he is kneeling to kiss the Blessed Virgin's slipper. Santa Maria in Domnica is also called Santa Maria alla Navicella because there is a boat-shaped fountain placed in front of the church, put there by Leo X, Medici. From The Sacramentary by Idolfonso Schuster. The patchwork composition of this Sunday's Mass confirms two important principles. The first is liturgical, namely that the Mass of the Panukis dispensed originally with the celebration of any other Masses, so that in some places the Holy Sacrifice was not offered even on Easter Day. The second principle is theological, to wit, that the ecclesiastical spirit, especially in the matter of liturgy, which to the ordinary Catholic is as part of his catechism, is strongly opposed to that hankering after novelty so dear to the secular mind. Pious and simple souls are disturbed by any kind of innovation, as though they feared it would shatter the edifice of their faith, fortified by the buttress of patriotic tradition. To pray to God in those same formulas dedicated by the fathers, to sing those same hymns which comforted them in their sorrows and labors for the church, all this helps us to enter more completely into their devotion, and to be sharers with them in their hopes and their ideals.
Self-discipline may be defined as a struggle against evil inclinations in order to subject them to our own will and ultimately to the will of God. The modern world is opposed to self-discipline on the ground that personality must be self-expressive. Self-expression is right so long as it does not end in self-destruction. A boiler that would be self-expressive by blowing up or an engine that would be self-expressive by jumping the tracks would both be acting contrary to their natures as fashioned by the minds of the engineers who designed them. So, too, if man acts contrary to what is best and highest in his nature by rebelling against the eternal reason of God, his Creator, his self-expression is self-destructive. Fulton Sheen